Well, so um, I feel like really special. Like I feel like I need to like get a guitar and push the pedals right here, and um, but I'm sure that would probably mess Josh up. But um, I really, I really kind of feel just uh, unqualified after all that. Um, but you know, if I was gonna be honest, the last well, happy birthday by the way. Um, the last two year, last two years has been absolutely amazing to me. Just to think, just about three and a half, four years ago, ten of us sat at Sono Market eating hamburgers and hot dogs, talking about this. But not just this, but the lives that could be changed if, if we were just to do something a little different, get out of cultural norms. Because, you know, last thing, last thing South Knoxville needed was just, was just another church. The last thing the world, world needs is just another church, right? If we were honest. But what, what we said was, what if we could do something different? What if, what if our focus could be a little bit different? What if, what if we got out of cultural norms and we met people where they, where they live, work, and play? What if, we, what if we stepped past just Sunday morning and really became the church everywhere we went? Because South Knox needed that. They didn't need another church. They needed a movement. But not just Shift Church or Aroma Church or any other church, but they really needed a move of God. Like he, he, this, like this past Sunday when I was able to go preach at South Point Church down in Vestal, just like, for example, that community is so is, is broken, right? South Knoxville has people that are, that are broken inside of them. And we said we wanted to be a church that was reaching the, un, the unchurched, like the people that weren't close to God. And, and, and so in the last two years, the last two years we've seen... Um, We've seen baptisms. We've 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 seen we've seen seven people baptized in the last two years, and from ten people sitting in a coffee shop, seven people take their next steps in baptism. We've seen marriages restored when all when all else should fail, when like when it should have been over. We've seen marriages restored. We've we've seen addictions broken. We've we've invested into our community. We've we've helped rescue seventy five young girls from sex trafficking in the last two years. We've we've uh, we've done some amazing things over the last two years since we officially launched. Right? We've done some crazy things in the seventy five square miles that surround us right now. But what I want us to want to talk about today a little bit is that we can't stop now. If you're, you know, we're a note taker here, so note takers here. So if you want to take notes, you know, that's kind of the title for today is we can't stop now because there's 40 plus thousand people in the 75 square miles that surround us that are disconnected from Jesus. We've got, we cannot stop. We've got to keep advancing the good news of the gospel in our community. We need, we need a move of God. We need a revival here. And so, and as, I, as I was thinking about today and thinking about this idea of we can't, we can't stop now, I started thinking, up, thinking what story, what, what, can we, like, what could we on our birthday look at? And, and what story could we look at in, 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 the, in God's Word? And, and what I, came, what I came, to, came to understand is this, is that 
all through the book of Acts, we have, we have stories of people who faced huge obstacles. But because they were starting a move from God, they had to keep moving forward. And so, like, to, like there's this one story, like, Peter and John were entering the temple, right? And they saw this crippled man. They saw this crippled man, and, and this crippled man um, was asking for money, and he, they didn't have money to give, but they healed him, and they healed, they healed this crippled man and began to, like, there was five people about Jesus. And at that point, like, there was 5,000 men who were following Jesus. 5,000. It started with 12, then 120, and then got to 5,000 at this point, believers, and so, so Peter and John were arrested. And this is, this is kind of what happens here. In Acts 4 and 5, it says, the, the next day, the council of the rulers and elders and teachers of religious law met in Jerusalem. Annas the high priest was there, along with Caiaphas and John, John Alexander and the other relatives of the high priest. In verse 7, they brought, into the, brought in the two disciples and demanded... By what power or whose name have you done this? By what power and whose name have you healed this man? And I love verse 8 right here. It says this. It says, it says, Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. Then Peter filled with the Holy Spirit. The first thing that we need to advance the gospel in our community is we, we have to be consumed with the Holy Spirit. See, I don't know if you remember a couple months ago, we, one of my favorite series we ever did was, was the wildfire series where we talked about the Holy Spirit, right? And what we learned is that in Acts 2, it says that, it says that the, they were all gathered there. Jesus has, has died, he's, he's resurrected. They're all gathered in this room waiting for a promise. They're waiting for a promise, and the promise was you were going to receive another, one that will be a comforter and one that will give you power. And it says that it came, like they were sitting there praying, about 120 of them in the room, and it says that the, the Holy Spirit came in like a wildfire, the message version says. I love that version because a wildfire gives a great picture of what happened in that room because once the Holy Spirit comes in, it consumes everything. It can't just consume part of us. It has to consume all of us. And, 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 and they, begin to, they begin to speak in a way that everyone outside of, of them could, could understand. Because there's, there's a festival going on at the time, and, and, there, was, and there was a bunch of people there from, that spoke different languages. And the Holy Spirit came in, and they started speaking in languages that they didn't even know and that everyone understood. And so Peter starts, because they all thought they were drunk, right? And Peter was like, no, it's, I mean, uh, and they were like, you know, it's 9 o'clock in the morning, and there's nobody drunk here. But let me tell you about this promise that we, that we had. And so if we were go, to go back and look at this promise about the Holy Spirit, what it, say, what it says in Acts 2.17, it says this. This is Peter preaching to these, these crowds of people. It says, in, in the last days, God says, I will pour out my Spirit upon all people. What people? All people. Your sons and daughters will prophesy. Your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. In those days, I will pour out my spirit, even on my servants, men and women alike, and they will prophesy. They will prophesy. Like, like here's, here's, here's the thing. Young or old, man or woman, you'll be empowered through the Holy Spirit to advance the story of Jesus. I don't know how you walked in here, how unqualified you feel, 
but you have everything you need right now to change the community that you're, that you're living in. The Holy Spirit gives us power, young, old, male, female, to advance the story of Jesus. If you're taking notes, you can write this down. With the power of the Holy Spirit, the implausible becomes possible. The, 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 with the power of the Holy Spirit, the implausible becomes possible. And let me, let, me, let me show you what I mean. In Acts 4, verse 8, it says this, And Peter, filled with the Holy Spirit, said to them, Rulers and elders of the people, Are we, are we being questioned today because we've done a good deed for a crippled man? Do you want to know how he was healed? See, here's the thing. Like, like Peter was kind of confused because this should be a time of celebration, right? A time when, a time when like this man who couldn't walk now can. This should be, this should, we should be celebrating this. Do you really want to know how he was healed? Let me clearly state to all of the people of Israel that he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus Christ the Nazarene. Some of us have been changed this morning. Some of us were crippled by fear, crippled by addiction, like our marriages were crippled, or maybe our finances were crippled. Maybe, well, I don't know what the case is, but in the name of Jesus, you are healed this morning. Like there's, there's, there's no way that if you've encountered Jesus this morning, encountered, they're, they're, you, are, you are set free from those things that, are, that have you in bondage. Like, like, like a lot, like I think too often though, we put ourselves in our own prison. We put the chains on ourselves. And here, Peter is telling them, you are healed. Like he was healed by the powerful name of Jesus. So it says he's healed by the powerful name of Jesus the Nazarene. The man you crucified. Can you imagine being sitting there in the room that day? Like here's these just two normal people talking to the leaders of their nation going, the man you crucified. Talk about some guts, some bravery, some courage right there. The man, you, the man you crucified, whom God raised from the dead. Verse 11, for Jesus is the, one, is the one referred to in the scriptures where it says, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. He's the center of everything. It's what everything is built upon. There, there is salvation in no one else. God has given no other name under heaven by which we must be saved. And verse 13 says, and this is what I love, the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John. For they could see that they were ordinary men. And if you look at that in the Greek, it says, it says that they were idiots. For they could see that they were ordinary or idiots with no special training and the scripture. And here's, here's the great news for us this morning in, in wanting to reach and, and advance the gospel in our community is that God will often take the ordinary and do the extraordinary. God will often take nobodies like me to reach somebody out there about the one who could, who could heal. Like, like, I, I, like, I jokingly said at the beginning of this that I feel unqualified to come up here and speak after that, but let's, let me just be honest, I feel unqualified every time I come up here. Like, there should be no reason I'm standing here on this stage. No reason at all. I'm a quitter. I quit things too easy. I, you know, I just, 
like I, I like do you ever just like, kind of feel like like you you have such a huge sense of failure like you like you're so have a fear of failure that you just kind of want to be like I'm just not going to do anything because I don't want I don't want I don't want to fail this but here's here's the great thing even in, in all that I I feel so unqualified but I've learned a long time ago that it's often the little things, it's often the unordinary, the just the ordinary people that God uses. Like these were just two ordinary men who had no education. And they were able to carry the gospel to where here we are in America on the other side of the ocean. Like ordinary men. No special pedigree, just the power of the Holy Spirit. And see so if we go on in verse 13, it says, the members of the court were amazed and they saw that the boldness of Peter and John for they could see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures they also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus because when you've been with Jesus there's no denying it there's something that changes in you like just like if we were to travel over to Paul's letter and we're not doing that that we travel over to Paul's letter to the, the Ephesian church, it, it gives a clear example. You, 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 you were dead, and now you're alive. You know, you were a slave, but now you're free. When you've been with Jesus, there's no denying it. There's something that changes in you. And that's the one thing the people that you live, work, and play with can't deny. They can, they, can try to, they can try to deny the accuracy of Scripture. They can try to deny the historical aspect of Jesus, whatever. But they cannot deny your story. They cannot deny your story because they've seen a change in you, right? But you're, you're not the same as you used to be. Like, I, I look at the, the stories of things that's happened here at, here at Shift Church, and I think, uh, I think of, uh, of my friend Danielle telling some people the story this morning about how she went from atheist not believing to saying, I'm going to give this Jesus thing a try. That that's a crazy, like that's an undeniable story. I look, I look at I look at some of our stories that are in this room today and just think there's no denying that God is doing something, that there's a breakthrough that's happened or in the middle of that there's something happening. You are dead now you're alive. You are slave now you're free. When you've been with Jesus, there's no denying it because there's power that's associated with that. There's power that comes along with knowing Jesus and experiencing Jesus. In verse 14, it goes on to say, but since they, could, since they could see the man who had been healed standing right there among them, there was nothing the council could say. Right? They can't deny that God's doing something. They can't deny that God's, God's doing amazing. Well, they couldn't deny what happened, right? It's like they can't deny it. Like the story's right there. It's clear. The man's healed. He's been here for years. It's, it's clear. And so they ordered Peter and John out of the council chambers and, and conferred among themselves. What, sh what should we do with these men, they asked each other. What should we do with them? Knows about it. Deny that they have performed a miraculous sign. And everybody in Jerusalem knows about it. But, they, but to keep them from spreading their propaganda any further, we must warn them not to speak to anyone in Jesus' name Again, good luck, right? When you've seen what we've seen and experienced what we've experienced, you expect us to shut up? No. So verse 18, So they called the apostles back and commanded them to never again speak or teach in the name of Jesus. 
But Peter and John replied, Do you think God wants us to obey you rather than him? About We cannot stop telling about everything we have seen and heard. You know, we've spent three years, really, discussing, really, this idea of how Revelation even says it, too, of people are changed, the enemies defeated by the blood of the Lamb and the what? Word of their testimony. See, we, cannot, we can't stop telling about everything we've seen and heard. That's a testimony. That's your story. You can't deny your story. Look out over this room and see the stories of people whose lives have been changed. Or God, or even even stuff here recently. Of of changes in people's lives. Like I like I look at Margaret, like Justin said, who's walked in here, who I have I'm, who hasn't been they, she was sick and then I went to the hospital. Like I'm glad to see her. I'm, I'm glad to see, like there's some of y'all that I, I, I when I look out here and I preach, I look and then we I see stories. I see the dream that I had, the vision that I had, and and some of you had a few years ago, sitting out here, lives being changed, breakthroughs happening, marriages being restored, addictions being broken. How can I shut up about that? How can I shut up about what God is doing here? Even if it's just in me. Because three years ago, I was like, I don't know if I can do this. There's a lot of work in this. There's a lot of sweat. There's a lot of prayer, praying. There's a lot like, can I, can I do this? And then some of y'all are facing some things right now. You're like, can I get through this? I had this sickness. I had this financial issue. I have this marriage issue. I have this addiction. I have this whatever it is. And we've said from the beginning that we believe this city needs a breakthrough. And that breakthrough only happens in the name of Jesus. You can't shut up. You can, and, and then when that happens, we can't shut up about it. Like I, ca- I came close. I came close to having everybody send me, write me a paragraph story about how God's changed their life. I should have done it. It had been pretty cool. But I'm sure if we were to have people stand up in this room and talk about, they, they, like, I would have to be like, guys, come up here and play because they're not going to shut up, okay? Like, we can't stop telling people our story. The key to advancing the gospel is sharing your story. The key to advancing the gospel is sharing your story. Verse 21 goes on to say, The council threatened them further, but they finally let them go because they didn't know how to punish them without starting a riot, for everyone was, pray, was praising God. For this, this miraculous sign, the healing of a, of a man who had been lame for more than 40 years. For 40 years, this man waited for a breakthrough. For 40 years... 
This man laid on a mat begging for people to come, give him money. And one day, somebody's life that was changed by their experience with Jesus walked by in the temple and said, I don't have anything to give other than myself and how my life has been changed. The only thing we really have at all is our stories to give. And so when I decided, how do I want to start 2020 here at Shift Church? What I decided to do was to say, you know what? I think that we need to get back to basics. Back to what we how we originally started. Because let's be honest, this is me. I became, I, I became distracted by things that didn't really matter. Well, they do matter because, you know, they affect us. But sometimes I feel, I feel like we've, we've lost track of saying, you know what, let's go make disciples. How are we going to do that? So I want to spend the first month here talking about how we are going to advance the gospel of Jesus to our community. And I want you guys to come along for the journey with me. So I believe God's about to do something, something that we can't shut up about and something that was so big that only he can get the credit for it. I believe there's a movement starting in Knoxville and we get to play a part in it. Y'all with me? Will y'all go with me? Y'all are just like, shut up, let Josh get back up here and sing. All right? All right. Let's, let's pray. Dear God, we want to thank you so much for giving us the opportunity to be here, God. And thank you for allowing us to be a part of your story. God, I pray that as, 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 we, as we sing this last song and as we, like, we become, we celebrate you. We celebrate what you've done and we celebrate what you've done the last two years. But we're praying that your spirit fill us. Come in like a wildfire. Fill us in this room so that we can go be the church where we live, we work, and we play. God, I pray that as, as, as they sing, God, that, we, that our lives are truly changed forever. And I pray all this in your name. Amen.